0: Right. Namu tasa bhagavattu rahattu sammasam buddhasa tasa bhagavattu rahattu tasa The reflection on the nature of the fields that we are in is everything is, is in a duality and so just a little phrase you can bear in mind if it's in use mm-hmm. the smallest unit in the cosmos is not one it's two smallest unit is two not one and this is the dependent arising principle Dhammas come together uh, mutuality principle principle of loving kindness principle of Bhavana, you know we relate mindfully we hold this mindfulness holds this uh, the observer and the observed the speaker and the listener so without this twosome, things don't occur. And if the twosome is held in harmony, in balance, then the resonance occurs, understanding occurs, arises within attention, within awareness. Now, you know, so, just bearing in mind um, this, you can take this principle down to you know, your body and your mind, so we have to work together. Mm. It's a principle both of gratitude, mm. of forgiveness, of resetting, so this could be harmony. So the most fruitful resonance truest resonances can occur. This is a constant learning process in that a lot of the time what we take it's easy for us to experience, you know, almost like wish for unity, which things could be the same as me. This is not necessarily deliberate, but it's a perceptual bias that things fit my understanding, my way of seeing things and one either suffers because they don't or you roll with it and uh, and the learning can occur the learning of course is a sense of this respect for disengagement it doesn't mean dismissal, denial, blanking out. Just a sense of hovering over, attentive to. Mm. Where's the harmony? Where's the where's the balancing in this? Am I too far forward? Too far back? Am I too proactive? Not active enough? When you never really know. You've got to be prepared to do quite a lot of negotiating and toggling backwards and forwards. And, you know, if you're not prepared to do that, don't even start. Don't even bother. This is a life of constant mistakes. And, and adjusting and resetting. and was being grateful for the mistakes or appreciating them. Because then this is the way we should, oh no, that showing me something about my Position, my where I'm coming from. So this kind of reflecting. You don't want the mirror to present a uh, mirror image, but something to to show facets and held in the spirit of goodwill, Uh, kindness. Saying this is the kindness of Buddha to enable us to resonate and acknowledge where the tongue is going flat, or screechy, or dull. Not quite right. Not quite right. Something. Where is this? I don't know. Where, where, where is it going off? And this then is that which reveals that which is not revealed. Normally revealed. The other are the latent tendencies that we do not see because they're under the lid. Yeah. So we're operating from those latent tendencies, those karmic inheritance. You could say the biasing of our candors, our aggregates, of our perceptual uh, operators, of our. Volitional operators, some people are quick, some people are slow, some people are repulsive, some people just procrastinate and dither, you know <laughs> or oh. they don't quiz dithering. <laughs> you know, so it's just that this is the way we can experience it when we're in, in particularly when we're working together, there's always this kind of like like, you know, you know, if you did that three legged race, you know, when you Two of you tie one leg together, you try to run. So you've each got one free leg, and the other leg is tied to the other bee. You are uh. hobbling along. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> so you just need, you know, you just got to loosen, 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 <laughs> you know. The, out of the loosening, rather than trying to get it right out of the loosening the balance can arise. If things are too taut, too tight, you don't get the resonance. It's too tight. It could be slight. If it's too loose, you don't get the resonance. If it's too tight, you don't get the resonance. It's just a, the point, yeah. You know? And this is something to realize. This is rare. Uh, to hit the right toe. So that But then realize there is. And it doesn't come like uh, slips out easy. It's, uh, it's a process of that goes deep, and it uh, penetrates some of our core assumptions. Yeah. What we are and what we're not. Some of these core assumptions by no means are gracious. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, manifesting, so as I've come into this particular life-form, mendicant, that's the nature of the job. <laughs> oh, mendicant. And so that automatically sets up a relational uh, paradigm because you can only survive if people give you things. Mm. And that is it. that self is incredibly testing. Very testing. Because you're, you know, you've got a sense of, I'm not worth it. Which one didn't realize was there until that ability to Pay or make my own way was taken away. Yeah, to be able to do something to earn. Mm-hmm. Until that was taken away, I didn't realise the late, the, the underlying latent tendency of, I'm not worth unless I get out, There's something out there. Yeah, and then this very awkward, uncomfortable experience of being being given things. People, particularly when I was in Thailand, people didn't know me, didn't ask anything. Uh, Couldn't speak the language even. So there was no deal (laughs) at all At any level. I couldn't come up with some wise saying or anything they're not even supposed to say thank you, just receive graciously and... Why are they doing this? You know? I always wish they wouldn't. And need to see this latent tendency, they want to make sure a really, really good meditator. So, but they don't care, they're not asking that. How, do you know how many defilements you have? I didn't ask. <laughs> what the hindrances are, you know? Opportunity to give. This is a very, very awesome relationship to be in, an awesome situation, an awesome matrix, with, where it feels humbled, speechless, confused, disoriented, and yet what's coming you is goodwill. You think, this is ridiculous. I'm feeling freaked out by goodwill. This does not make sense, you know, it's a real thing, right? Because of the sense of the other, you know, Um, the other, really other, no no deal, no kind of really other, and reaching in. And so it's then it's, you know, one can think, oh, it's just people with cultural belief, they've got some belief that they'll get better rebirth if they do this, or maybe they don't. Who knows? But if you do it in England, go down the streets in a town in England, yeah, they're in, out of belief in rebirth, <laughs> mm. <laughs> or because of cultural conditioning. And yeah, that's what happens in England, too. It's like, you know, it's just a sense of perhaps a something about that particular form that people enjoy. Something rises up, something they feel, some sense of trust, or this one's not going to be you know, ask anything, or do some, you know, convince, try to sell me something, or <laughs> do some number on me. <laughs> And that, that's, it's a, such a phenomenal uh, field to be in, that particular field. Yeah. So, so our uh, group, I know, uh, the uh, Agent Sameda was invited to England by this trust, and the trust said, we'll provide you with, um, you know, a place to live. Maybe, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't a kind of wealthy trust, It's just very minimal actually. Basically it was just the kind of management body to manage what didn't need much management, because there wasn't many people need to manage. And um, so he didn't know, he'd never been to, lived in England before. So he said, so Ajahn Chah, who was, was the person that people asked to send someone. He said, well, that's going to work. You know, how are we, how are we, you know, how will they understand what monks are? How will they understand what we need? How will they understand what Buddhism is? How will the hell will we get by? He said to Ajahn Chah said, do you think there aren't any good people in England? Yeah. <laughs> That, that was it. That's your, that's your, that's your insurance. <laughs> <laughs> just go there. And he says, he says, you know, all you do is cook good soup, people will find out. <laughs> and uh, you just keep purifying the mind. That's all you need to do, just keep purifying the mind of restlessness, agitation, your will, and so forth. Yeah, it happens. And so it has, so it does. So, you know, this is rather phenomenal. And it's recognised that uh, in that, often the disengagement experience is is a step into the unknown. And by and large, something does not like that. We feel disoriented, we feel I don't know what I'm supposed to do. We feel giddy, we feel nervous, and then all that stuff comes up in that disorientation. I should be, I've got to make it, I'm not, what well, other people think, am I doing this, what's the point? All this agitation starts stirring. Oh good, good, you're hitting it, right. Mm-hmm. You know, these latent tendencies, which weren't, didn't run out. when One could, you know, roll out one's thing. So this is. This, but it's only as the latent tendencies become apparent that you can deal with them. If they're just c- safely kept in the background, you can't. You can't clear them. They have to come out in order to be seen, explored, held, understood, and allowed to rise and cease. And that's how you. That's your. That's your training. That's. That's what you learn. That's your training is to deal with that material. And to have that sense of openness to witness oneself going crazy and uncertain and irritable or whatever, you yeah. And this is a phenomenon. Everything arises; for the nature to pass, subside. So this is a Dhamma theme. Mm. Buddha taught all yeah. sankharas are conditioned. All these sankharas are these activations, programs, of mind, body, these things that run through us with a volitional urge, with a sense of make something, do something, be something, stop being something, get it working, stop it working, figure it out. All these sankharas, so all this conditioned phenomena, nature to subside, to break up, make a practice out of heedfulness. These last words. A summary I could say. So this is ongoing. As we all know, you know the world field is extremely unsteady, unresolved, conflicting. Out of harmony, you yeah. So this is a you know big, big uh, step to take to disengage, contemplate what it's doing to you, your effects within that, cultivate your strength, your patience, seek your refuge. So we come to these closing situations, we really would like to encapsulate that and get it established in our embodiment so that our somatic energies know the place where it's alright to not know it's alright to not have a clue it's alright to be uncertain and then from there the good will arise, the good will come. This is the act of faith. It may not come on, you know, 943, but it will, it will rock, rock in sooner or later in some form. Dhamma is a tremendous uh, blessing that occurs when one takes that step in the, in the dark with faith, with clarity, and lingers, stay, So you've all cultivated, and continue to cultivate and my uh, congratulations um, and well-wishing for that. Even this uh, short retreat, short time together, in a way the world of time is rather illusory, you know, you you touch into what you touch into and it may not have been on your agenda, what what rose, there it was. <laughs> sharing, sharing a room, obviously things can be edgy about that. Mm-hmm. Being in a situation with something we don't know, these things can be edgy. Nothing touches us so much, so deeply, so viscerally as the presence of another person other people. Mm -hmm. And you never get over it. If you've got over it, it's because you've denied it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I normalize the sense of nervousness and uncertainty. It's just become normal. Mm -hmm. I don't really dwell upon it. It's a normal resonance for me. I live in a state of... of (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't, doesn't escalate because it's just that's the resonance, and within that, if I linger and stay open, and <coughs> well, then things start, you know, the path starts coming through, process starts coming through. And, you know, this is very much the way that Lhundrup uh, Chag encouraged us to even teach. He said, "Don't prepare anything. You know, just sit." go into your heart, open up, see what comes out. So that's, that's, uh, that's the model. Otherwise, you're just reading off the sheet, really. And That's not really the real Dhamma. Dhamma, real Dhamma comes out of the body, not off the sheet. And the real Dhamma comes because there's people listening to it. I don't do this when I sit in my room. (laughs) Mm. So anyway, I'm I'm grateful to you, because, you know, your presence draws things out. And I learn from what I'm saying, I actually listen to what I'm saying, and, uh, you know, see where it's touching, and bear things in mind. But it's your, your presence brings that up. Great capacity to sustain attention. So, but in this, naturally, any mutuality experience, there are always edges that may have been touched. Pieces that weren't so welcome, or mistakes, or feeling offended, or thinking you offended me, or something. So we always close with a sense of forgiveness. This is expressed in a, in a two-one-to-one, one one, you know, to call and response form. But that because that's because everything is a duality. But once that duality, once those two the duality resonates, it's the tonality that counts. The tonality is then global. So Whatever near or far. Not even to the people in the room. Not even to the person you're sharing with. Not just to me or me to you, but to we're all hurt other people. We didn't necessarily intend to, sometimes we did. <laughs> but we've all hurt, damaged uh, beings, animals, creatures, other beings. Uh, and so as we close, we, we, you know, we've all not lived up to other people's expectations. We've all disappointed each other. Yeah. Other beings, near and far, and uh, one should not pass a life without having opened that field of forgiveness, recognizing as I have been hurt, I also have hurt others. As I have been disappointed, I've also disappointed others. You we know, enter into the, sh- the field of acknowledgement, forgiving, and clear. And there really need be no or, you know, recrimination, then, or guilt. You don't want to be left with that sense of, you know, festering regret or guilt. So it's open and clear. This is just a skillful um, cultivation and gratitude. So the the Buddha said of uh, the only ways there are only two real faculties that are required for realisation awakening. One is your own careful attention, the other is the voice of another. Without these two, it doesn't happen. Now the voice of another can be even a book, but I'm sure in the Buddhist time they didn't have books, it really meant another human being. Voice means their, not just their words, but their, you know, the resonance that arises, that reached in from somewhere that wasn't you. Mm. And this is what we, when we establish kalyanamitta, spiritual friendship, which again the Buddha said is the whole of the holy life. Because, to be a spiritual friend, you have to clean yourself, make yourself worthy, you yeah. We're not looking at being spotless, but we're just constantly trying to clean that. And we only clean it in relationship to others, because it's only others who can show us what we don't see in ourselves. And this is what Kalyanamita is about. Uh-huh. And it can be challenging me, it can be comforting me, it can be, you know, conscious advice, it can be modelling, you know. And this is really absolutely essential, because really human beings may think they learn from books, but actually we learn from being other humans. It's what we really learn the important things about how to be a person from seeing and modeling and being in the presence of others. Incredibly valuable. It doesn't even have to be a lot, but it has to be there. And sometimes it's little things... Somebody's presence, somebody's remarks, somebody's thing happened five years ago, it still stays there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You know? And that this it comes from outside your personal field. And that's what causes your personal to feel to shimmer and rock. And, hey. And open. This is very uh, significant. So I wish you all Kalyanamita. And to be Kalyanamita. Uh, careful attention is the kind of what I've talked about, negotiating contact. When we are doing the relational process, the sense of not just jumping, but careful attention. And then when you're sitting in solitude, careful attention to what you're experiencing, that sense of pausing, lingering, lifting. What really is the meaning of this? What is the felt sense of this? Linger stays, stays, stay. Don't bounce. That's careful attention. It's not inattention. Be in the presence, even if it's bouncing, no more bouncing. Yeah. See where it settles. Where the bounce settles, that's, that's where your path is. And there can't be a path unless you have that bounce. You know? and then there's no bounce, you've finished. finished your business. But I imagine for most of us there's a few bounces left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Careful attention, something to follow, to listen to here, to move through here. So this is our practice. Sometimes we—it's really handling the conditioned. Um, And sometimes there's this kind of duality in the conditioned, conventional reality and ultimate reality. There's no such thing. It's not a. uh, expression of the Buddha there's only conventional experience and the ceasing of it and the subsiding of it and the managing of it. So a lot of it uh, practices in the detail and in handling it. Even mundane things you can learn from. Relating to your job, or your partner, or your place, or your body or whatever, whether you're dismissing it, taking it for granted, uh, pushing it, feeling overwhelmed by it. It's a striking harmony um, of being in the conditioned realm, and then it subsides. There's the opening. But without that, Without the condition, there wouldn't be an opening. Without handling the condition, there wouldn't be an opening. Clearly, most people are going to need to prune the amount of stuff they're dealing with. Almost a constant um, requirement of what, need- what is not needed. What is not needed, if you don't need it, it's going to get in your way. And you decide. But if, you don't, if it's not supportive and necessary and helpful, it's getting in the way. What is needed, what is helpful, put all you have into it. Make much of it, delight in it, rejoice in it, work with it. Mm. As we've seen, so today as we close, forgiveness and then the refuges, sense of what the disengaged quality, Buddha, awakening, path of Dhamma, and the sense of Sangha, of Kalyanamitta, of noble practice in the human realm. And precepts, because, uh, as you recognize, the nature of citta is ethically attuned and it ethically slides. So it does need that guidelines, those boundaries to bring up and to enhance a sense of conscience and concern, prudence, careful about Anyone?